Hi Weavers, happy Halloween! And for our Halloween special, I'll tell you scary tales that will surely make you want to sleep with the lights on. This is your host Regine and this is our Halloween special. Let's start. Water Buffalo or Aswang This happened when I was 14 years old. We live in a municipality that houses more than 100,000 people with 57 barangays. Most of these barangays are located far away from the main town. Ours is a 10 to 15 minute ride and the main transportation is a single motorcycle. There are houses along the road but there are areas that all you can see are rice fields on both sides. This was 8 years ago and street lights were scarce to non-existent so we mostly traveled with only the motorcycle's light to see the road. This was one of the reasons that my mother wanted us to go home before 6 p.m. The road is not safe and you will never know what or who's lurking in the dark. I always go home early up until I auditioned for our school's pop dance group and got in. I never knew that it will be so demanding. Sometimes we practice up until 8 p.m. which is very late at time in a rural setting. By this time, there are still a lot of habal habal available and I mostly know the drivers so my mother is not worried. As the biggest competition for pop dancers approached, we practiced harder which means we went home later than 8 p.m. Two days before we competed, we polished our dance routine which took up until 2 a.m. I already told my mom of this to ease her mind, so when we're done, I rushed to the terminal and was so relieved that there were still motorcycles available. One of them approached me and I immediately said yes. He's not a familiar face but I can feel in my gut that I can trust him, and boy, did I choose the best person to drive me home. The ride was good and both the driver and I were silent as we drove by the dark, empty road. We both thought that this was an ordinary night but we haven't anticipated that what's waiting for us 500 meters away will change our lives. We arrived on the part where there are a lot of houses. This is a housing project intended for low-income families, though there are middle-class earning families living here too. The first thing that caught my eyes was an unusually big water buffalo, carabao as we call them, staring at us ahead. I just thought this normal for people usually just tie their animals by the trees for them to freely graze on the grass. I didn't give it much attention until we're closer 
and the light of the motorcycle caught its red eyes. I have seen a lot of carabaos, but they're usually not as big as this one, and they certainly don't have red eyes. I had goosebumps as I stared into its eyes. It has a human-like stare which gave me a feeling that it's watching us. The driver saw this too and he asked, That carabao looks weird. Have you seen it? I just nodded and said yes. We passed it and that's when I saw that this animal was not even tied to the tree. It didn't even have a rope on its nose. Seconds after passing it, I heard hoofs running fast towards us. I looked back and saw that the carabao was merely inches away from my back, its horns poised to attack me. I shouted to the driver to drive fast, which he did after seeing the charging beast through the side mirror. After seeing the charging beast through the side mirror. When we reached the only working street lamp, I looked back and the carabao vanished. I can still see up to the tree where it was standing earlier, but there's nothing there. It was literally gone. The driver drove like a madman up until we reached our house. Still shaking from fear, I requested for him to stay up until I was safely inside. I shouted frantically for my mom to open the gate to get inside the house in case that beast is just outside waiting for me. When I was inside, I thought of the driver. He will take that road again, and I was scared for him. Up until now, I'm still thinking if that water buffalo was just a normal water buffalo, which happened to have been untied by its owner, or was it an aswang? I still get goosebumps every time I recall that story. white lady in the dormitory. I lived in an old girl's dormitory all throughout college and I've seen and experienced a lot of scary things in that building. My third eye is open but it's not as active as when I was younger so I can say that my stay there was still pleasant. There are stories circulating that during World War II, the location of our school was used as a dump site for the casualties of war and hauntings are expected. Please bear with me as I try to give you the layout of our dorm. It's L-shaped. The corridor from the entrance leads straight up to our dining room, but when you turn right, it leads up to our shower room. The comfort room is at the back of the shower room. You need to pass through the shower room to get into it. There's only one window on the CR which gives the view of the space where we hang our clothes to dry and the dining room. It has seven cubicles and my favorite one to use was the first one. I was a nursing student at the time and I still have a schedule to report to the hospital with my group up until November 2 before we can take a break. This happened on November 1, 2011 at 3 in the afternoon. There's just five of us left in the dorm because some of the girls already went home for a semestral break a few days ago. We're on the dining room having a chat when I felt the need to poop, sorry for the term. I left the dining room and walked towards the restroom. 
The lights on the hallway were turned off except for the lights on the shower and restrooms to conserve electricity. When I got to the shower room, I turned off the light which I did also with the restroom. It's dim except for the light coming from the window. I like it when it's dim because I can feel like I can think better. And this is the only explanation I had for doing that. As I opened the first cubicle, the floor was flooded with water just enough to wet my sleepers but not really submerge my feet. There were other cubicles but I still chose to use this even though it's flooded. So I went inside and did my business. The drawer on the cubicles were the usual ones where there's a gap at the bottom wide enough to see the feet and some inches leading to the shin if someone is standing outside. I turned on the faucet and looked at the water pooled on the floor. It served as a mirror and I can see outside the door. I was almost done when I caught sight of a bare feet standing outside my cubicle. I was used to my doormates scaring the hell out of me so I laughed thinking that they might be pranking me again. Cut it off guys, I said. I heard a shuffling noise and the person outside stepped back. I stopped laughing when I looked at the water. What I saw will be forever embedded in my mind. The woman I never knew stood on the wall facing my cubicle. She is wearing a white tattered dress and her curly hair was wet. What scared me was the look on her eyes. She is angry. I stared at her reflection in the water, still not believing what I'm seeing. I closed my eyes thinking that when I open them, she'll be gone. But I was so wrong. She's still outside standing, looking at my cubicle door. I was just thankful that I still have the presence of mind to wash first, wear my andes and shorts, and flush the toilet before running out of the cubicle. This might have taken just a few minutes, but it's the longest few minutes of my life. When I open the door, the lady is nowhere in sight, but I swear that she's still outside just before I opened that door. I have never took my eyes off her reflection on the water. Japanese Soldier This happened again in our dormitory. There's three of us in a room. This particular night, only two of us were left because the other one went home. So it's just only Nancy and me. Around 2 a.m., I woke up because I felt like someone's watching me and the temperature in the room was unusually chilly. I sat down and looked around the room but saw nothing unusual. The ceiling fan was turned on but all the windows were closed so it should not be that cold. I even got out of bed and took a pair of socks from my cabinet and worn them and tried to sleep again covered in my fleece blanket. Still, the feeling of being watched and the coldness bothered me. I sat up on my bed again and looked at Nancy sleeping soundly. I don't want to wake her up, but I felt like I needed to. So, I got out of my bed again and shook her. Nancy, I poked her on the nose. What? she asked. 
Can I sleep beside you on your bed? She opened her eyes and looked at me like she was trying to make sense of what I was saying. After a few seconds, she said okay. I grabbed my pillow and blanket and slept beside her. Just before I closed my eyes and have a deep sleep, I saw a man standing at the foot of our bed looking at us. His average in height was wearing a brownish-greenish uniform, had a rifle with a bayonet slinged on his shoulder and a sword on his left hip. In the haze between wakefulness and sleep, I can still remember how he resembles a Japanese soldier. Upon waking up, Nancy and I prepared to drink our morning coffee when out of nowhere she said, Last night I think I saw a man standing at the foot of our bed looking at us. My eyes grew large upon hearing this and asked her, Was he dressed like a Japanese soldier? She nodded. So, we were not just dreaming it. It's just spooky to know that we both saw the same man standing at the foot of our bed. What's more eerie? Her description of him coincided with the description I just gave to you guys. Doppelganger This happened to my doormate, Emmy. She woke up around 2 a.m. to pee. As she went out her door, she saw Joanna walking out from the dining room towards the bathroom. She followed her but never really called her name since she was still so sleepy. She was not in the mood for a chit-chat. She knew that it was Joanna because she's the only one in the dorm that have a long black hair that reaches her buttocks and she's wearing a pajama that's familiar to Emmy. So, she just followed her into the bathroom and as she went into the restroom. When Emmy arrived inside the restroom, no one's there and all the cubicle doors were open. Joanna, or whoever she was, vanished. Junjun Junjun is a playful ghost of a boy known all throughout the BPO industry. In every BPO company, there's always stories about Junjun circulating around. Some agents experience hearing someone typing on the keyboard when there's no one there. Some hear a boy laughing inside the production floor, and some even saw him. My Junjun story happened last year, 2019. We had a new building and one of the accounts to first occupy it was our account. The nap room was also new and there were still no beds available at that time so I created a bed out of two bean bags and slept. I was the only one there. I just slept for only 30 minutes when I heard someone running around and laughing. At first I tried to ignore it and went back to sleep but the running turned into stamping. I opened my eyes and saw a boy around 7 to 8 years old wearing a white t-shirt and a shorts standing 5 feet away from me looking and smiling at me. I was fully awake this time. I never had a time to think on what to do because he ran towards me laughing 
and I instantly stood up from the bean bag and ran like hell. It was not only me. The next night, another girl from a different account dashed out of the nap room saying something about seeing a boy. Not only that, when beds were made available, a lot of people actually reported a feeling of being rocked, and I tell you what, I experienced that too. We'll end it here tonight, but we'll have more stories tomorrow, so just tune in to Weaver of Tales podcast and don't forget